second string podcast. We're back. Tis Tuesday. I think it's March 2nd. Could be March 3rd. I think it's March 2nd, though. It is Tuesday. That's a fact. We're back. We're in the studio. Fucking grade A, top tier. Sitting at the park in the parking lot. It's warm as balls out. Like, I'm already sweating and we're 20 seconds in. Sun is beating down on me. But I'm happy to be here. There's nowhere else I'd rather be right now. I was excited. I woke up today. Listen, I was this. I went to bed last night, being like, "Man, I'm I'm looking forward to laying down some heat for the podcast tomorrow." Here I am. Here I am. We're gonna go every single day this week, not skipping a beat. And your boy's going on vacation. I'm taking my talents south of the border. We're going to the Lone Star State starting Thursday. And we're still going to have an upload every single day this week. That's some real, like, that's professional shit right there. That's some Joe Rogan stuff. That's some put me up in the Hall of Fame and pay me a million dollars stuff. So, we're back. I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I, I enjoy these podcasts. These are, like, the highlights of my Monday or whatever. Not Yeah, Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday, like, 5 p.m. The highlights of all my days are talking into a mic and trying to make jokes so it's good to be back i feel great the fucking sun again if you live in michigan i swear it's been sunny with no clouds for the last like 20 days in a row it seems like i i legit knock on wood knock on wood i'm having a hard time remembering the last day where it was like shitty outside either really cold or like really gloomy and overcast or like rainy i can't even remember so we've had a couple windy days, but even those days, like it's not even that warm today. It's 33, but it's still just, I literally can't find a cloud. It's blue as can be. It's baby blue. Just have fun. You hoodies in the store, secondstring.com. Absolute gas. Check those out. Baby blue, Carolina blue. It's beautiful outside. It's great to be here. It's absolutely great to be here. We are on, Michigan's on an absolute run of just beautiful weather. I'm, I love every second of it. Like, February's easily the worst month of the year. March isn't great either, but but it, it does help. Like, if it's going to be cold, at least give me a little bit of sun. At least give me a little bit of hope and show me that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So it's good. No complaints here. Today, huge, 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 huge fucking game for the Michigan State Spartan dogs tonight. Huge. I mean, it's the tournament. Or a chance at March Madness. Breaking, what is it, a 23-year streak of making it to the NCAA tournament. It's on the line tonight. Michigan State plays host to those bums from Indiana, the Hoosier State. Some people call a blue blood. Some people say they're good at basketball. Outside of the Victor Oladipo year, literally have never once been good at basketball in my life. Like, there's straight up one year I can remember. Where I guess the Yogi Ferrell year, they were pretty good too. But outside of those one, maybe two years, literally have never been good. But Indiana's like a blue blood, the mecca of basketball. I'd like someone to explain that to me. Someone that's under the age of 70. I know they have the movie Hoosiers. Like, what was that based on? Like, the 1900s? Like, World War One. It's similar to, like, I mean, stray shots here. I don't feel bad about it at all because Michigan stinks. It's similar to, like, Michigan football. It's like, oh, Blue Blood, oh, my God, they're a legendary program. What, because they won stuff, like, during World War II? Like, literally, why is Michigan – Michigan has not been relevant. I mean, they've had years. They've had the the Harbaugh second year, the JT play, the spot. But outside of that, like, they haven't been nationally relevant 
my entire life. I don't know, like, the Ch- I think Chad Henney, I guess, did they even win the Rose Bowl and they lose it? Like, I don't even know. That's how Indiana is. Everyone always tells me, oh, Indiana, Bobby Knight, Blue Blood, the mecca of basketball. Why? Indiana fucking stinks. So these guys, they're coming. It's senior night for the boys. I don't even know who we have that's a senior this year. Like, do we even have a senior? Is Kithier? I think Kithier's a junior, isn't he? I don't know if we have any seniors. Langford. Langford will kiss the Spartan head. I think that's it, though. Right? I, I feel I have to be forgetting someone. But Langford will kiss the Spartan head. I think he's the only guy. Um, listen, Michigan State. They don't lose on senior night. And I know. Here, Let me just, before we get into it. I have to talk about State and the game for a couple minutes. Like, it's fucking Tuesday. It's game day. You wake up and you feel it in your plums. The blood's just flowing through you like molasses, except it's watered down, so it actually is flowing well. You have that feeling in your stomach. The butterflies are going. I feel like I have a basketball game today, and all my job is to do is just watch it and report back and keep the morale up. And I feel like I got maybe the biggest game of my life. So it's one of those days. I, I said it last week one of those days that makes you happy to be a college basketball fan makes you happy to be a Michigan State fan makes you happy to be alive like we got something to look forward to must win truly like no fucking semantics about this one it is a must win game for the Michigan State Spartans tonight Tom Izzo gut check time maybe even more gut check nut check everything you have hall of fame check everything check time for Izzo Aaron Henry like He's been great all year, especially as of late. Aaron Henry, like, it's time, brother. It's absolutely fucking time to put your stamp on this season. Put your stamp, leave your legacy at MSU. It's time, brother. Huge game. I know the dogs. um, So, hang on. Before I get to it, I have to talk about it for a couple minutes. Just set the tone. Fucking vibe check. 2018-19. 20. But we will talk movies today. The rest of it's going to be movies. I'm going to try to only spend a couple minutes I always say that and then go way over. We're six minutes in. By like 12 minutes, I'll try to be done with State, if not sooner. And then we're going to go Dead Poets Society. Watched that last night. One of those classic, like, it feels like everybody in the world has seen it, except for me, movies. Finally got around to watching it. And I love a good sad movie. I love a good emotional boy. Not my favorite genre. Like, out of my top ten movies, I don't think any of them are really necessarily sad ones. But I love a good emotional movie. Like, make me feel something a little bit. I don't mind getting choked up. I'm man enough to admit I'll shed a tear or two. I don't give a fuck. I like it. Like, let me make sure those emotions are still there. I'm capable of feeling sadness. I've referenced it on here, too. I'm a cold-hearted bastard. Let me make sure those emotions are still there from time to time. Let me feel something. Let me get in touch with my with my sensual side. So I don't hate it. So we're going to talk dead poets. And obviously... A lot of, like, oh, Captain, my Captain, everybody's heard that. I've heard that. Didn't really know what what it was from, which, again, another thing, like, how did I not know what that was from? I've heard it. I'm familiar with it being a phrase. Just never knew what it was from. Um, so that that's good. Now I have a little bit of, like, a cultural reference, I guess. And then we're going to talk about the Rush Hour trilogy. Recently, I've seen them all multiple times because they're just objectively incredible movies. Um, but I recently rewatched all three of them. We need to talk about the Rush Hour trilogy more frequently as being the best trilogy in the history of cinema. 
I mean, it's abs- they're like perfect movies. They're funny. The action and the choreography is next level. Jackie Chan is a fucking animal. And the fact that, like, I don't even know. In Rush Hour 1, which is like 98, I think they made it. I don't even know how old he is in that. Like, he's got to be at least in his 30s. Like, if you said early 40s, I wouldn't be surprised. And he's pulling off some crazy shit in those movies, let alone Rush Hour 3's 07, where he's got to be in the 40s, and he's pulling off crazy shit. Jackie Chan's a god. All-time Chris Tucker. I know people love Friday. I like Chris Tucker and Jackie Brown, too. His character, RIP, is not in it very long, but I still like him. I just love Chris Tucker. I feel like he's kind of the same guy. I think typecast, I think that's the word for that. Chris Tucker's always just the same guy, but I love that guy. It's like Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Like, I have no problem with Vince Vaughn being the same character in every movie he's in because I fucking love that character. He's one of my favorite movie characters. He's one of my all-time just TV, movie, real life. I just love that guy. Like, I wish I could be who Vince Vaughn is in every fucking movie he's in. Chris Tucker, I feel the same way. Just smooth guy. He's got the jokes, like loves chasing tail and having a good time, but then he's a badass, doesn't give a fuck, caution into the wind. It's hilarious. They're all-time movies, all-time trilogy, so I got to talk about those for a few, at least for a few. Um, we'll do. We'll get to those after the break, though. First, we'll take the state talk into the break, and then we'll do the movies. State. It's must win. I mean, there's no other way to put it. There's no other way to... Uh, define the sense of urgency that the boys got to have tonight. Like you best believe these boys aren't coming out and going down 11-0 to start this game. I promise you that. I promise you that. They can't afford to. Tom Izzo knows that. Aaron Henry and the boys know that. Tom Izzo said it. We're not coming out like that against Indiana. I promise you. It th- Tonight is tonight is the pinnacle of why you want a guy like Tom Izzo leading your program. Sure, this this has been probably his worst season like ever at State. If not one of his worst seasons, it has not gone to plan. They've been pretty shitty. Just hasn't been good. Some fault of his, some fault not of his. A lot of fault of his. The, games like today, he knows what's on the line. He knows what it takes. I mean, March, like this is the tournament started for us. Today is the play-in game. Today's the round of 64 for State. Like, he's been there. He's been in these games. You win or you go home. He's been there. His whole fucking career has been win or go home. Like, that's who you want a guy like that, getting the troops ready for battle. Aaron Henry, Josh Lankford, those guys have been in these games too. Aaron Henry went to the Final Four when he was a freshman, if you remember that. Started on that team too, as a matter of fact. Aaron Henry knows what it's about. Josh Langford's been in the program fucking the, like six years or whatever it is. That dude has been to like a quarter of Tom Izzo's Final Fours. I mean, a quarter of Tom Izzo's tournaments. Uh, yeah, he like he's aware. He understands what it is. Gabe Brown, he's been around. Like We have the guys. We have the pedigree. Indiana. Indiana, the only time they talk about the tournament is when they talk about Bobby Knight and fucking black and white television experience, pedigree, knowing what to expect and what it takes, you have to love Michigan State tonight. And you have to love Michigan State. Here's why I'm I'm bullish. I, I, there's Gun to my head, the dogs win tonight. Gun to my head, we go into Michigan 
feeling good. I, w- I don't think have to win one against Michigan. Would love to. <laughs> yeah, it would help. I don't think we have to, but it would help. It would do the job, for sure. I think we win tonight because if you are Michigan State, whether it's Izzo and the fucking coaches or the guys playing, you look around the locker room, you know it's what happened this year. Missing the tournament is unacceptable here. You have a chance. Like, it's like you got to get out of jail free card. You have a chance, end of the season. You guys have made a couple huge fucking wins happen to keep the dream alive. You guys have everything you want in front of you. You can flip this season around at the drop of a hat. Like, as bad as things gone, as bad as they've been clowned by state fans, probably the coach at, like, as shitty as it's been, as underwhelming and unacceptable as this season's been, Aaron Henry, you might be going to the NBA. Langford, this is your last stand. Like, those guys, as bad as it's been, you have a chance to to correct all your wrongdoings tonight. Like, you have a chance to clean the slate, go into March, fucking anything can happen. That's the beauty of March Madness. That. That reason is why I think State wins tonight. Because I don't think the guys on that team, like I mentioned, that have been around success, that have seen the likes of Cassius Winston and others come through, that team, those guys, they don't let this opportunity pass them by. They don't let the chance to to resurrect this season that was six feet under in January. They don't let it pass them by. Not at Michigan State. It means too much. They know... They know what they've put out this year so far is unacceptable. They know what it'll mean. They know what it means for their legacy if they can sneak in the march, make some shit happen. All is forgiven. State wins tonight. If you don't have faith, if you're going into today all poo-poo, like, oh, man, like, State played so poorly against Maryland. Why should we win tonight? Respectfully, you can go fuck yourself. Respectfully. I mean... What kind of mentality is that? Like, think about it for two seconds. We're Michigan State. And this is why I don't want to spend a ton of time. I'll wrap it up in a second. The podcast I put out yesterday, addressing those people. Like, what are we? What are you coming into these games for all negative for? We're Michigan State. We just beat two top five teams. We just beat Indiana, like, what, nine days ago? We still have Aaron Henry. Aaron Henry will be the best player on the floor tonight. We have the better coach. We have the guys with experience and pedigree. Like, we're Michigan State. These are the games. You win these games at Michigan State. The reason, You know the reason Indiana hasn't been relevant in my 23 years? The reason when Indiana fans are like look back at the glory days, they think about milk being 40 cents a gallon, is because Indiana doesn't win these kinds of games. Michigan State does. Indiana doesn't, Michigan State does. This is what it comes down to tonight. We're Michigan State, you're Indiana. It's one of those days. I woke up today, I don't know what it says about the game. Probably says something good, because both days I woke up, I didn't. I felt terrible. When, when I woke up Sunday for Maryland, I felt awful. Documented it yesterday. I thought I was dying, I was so hungover. Felt terrible, no positive vibes. Woke up Tuesday, woke up Thursday last week for Illinois and Ohio State. I felt great. Sun was shining, positive vibes. It was game day. I had that feeling, and I knew the dog. Like it was just one of those days where 
it's going to go state's way today. That's how I feel today. I woke up today and felt like I was wearing a suit of armor. Nothing could hurt me. Nothing could hurt my baby Aaron Henry and the boys. Impenetrable. That's how I felt. State gets it done today. The sun's shining, positive vibes. It's one of those days. We get it done. We worry about Michigan. We worry about splitting one. We cause some chaos. We wreak a little bit of havoc. We get into March, and Tom Izzo does his thing. If you don't have the positive mindset, you don't have the positive vibes, I don't want to see you. Get out of my face with that. Michigan State tonight, Tom Izzo, huge for the legacy, huge for the program. Let's see what everyone's got. It's gut check, nut check, legacy, Hall of Fame. Everything check time tonight. Aaron Henry, Lankford, everybody check. The fucking towel boys, the managers, like those balls better be inflated to the perfect PSI. It's gut check time. I'm excited. Huge one. This is why you're a college basketball fan. All right, quick break. We'll talk some movies. All right. Dead Poet Society. Watched it. Classic movie. Well, like in terms of one of those ones where you always hear about it, Robin Williams. Legendary, obviously. Um, Oh, Captain, my Captain. Everybody's heard that at one point or another. Somehow didn't know what it was from, which like is probably the most embarrassing part about never seeing it before. Old movie. It's like late 80s. Old fucking movie. Robin looks young. He looks great. He's charismatic. I love Robin Williams. First thing, can I just say that? Can we just talk about Robin Williams for a minute? R.I.P., man. That dude was the fucking truth. He was the absolute truth. Just... That guy is the definition of, like, never got to meet Robin Williams, unfortunately. Would have absolutely loved to. Probably would have hit it off with the guy. But he seems like a guy. We talked about Vince Vaughn, Chris Tucker. Robin Williams, like, Goodwill. I guess I'm just kind of saying Goodwill Hunting, Dead Poets. Like, just a very understanding, like, makes you feel better guy. Like, great mentor, someone to, like, lead you through life. I don't know what Robin Williams was actually like. Seems like he was, or I'm just like assuming he was like that. His characters like that are some of my favorite characters. Like good, him and Goodwill Hunting is all time, all time performance, all time character, all time person. Like I wish I could meet and just spend a day with and be like, man, can't even imagine how much I'm going to learn today from this guy. So biggest thing, Robin Williams, legend, iconic. I don't know if that was, cause I think it was 88 or 89 it came out in. Not certain if that was, like, his breakout or, like, his first huge movie. I can't – I don't know, to be totally honest. Um, I didn't realize how old the movie was until I watched it. So, like, part of me is, like, was it his big first big thing? I'm not sure. But I will say, overview of the movie – spoilers, obviously. Overview of the the movie. I, I didn't love it. Okay. I didn't love it. I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Not one of my favorites. Not a movie where like I finished it and was thinking about it, looking it up on YouTube. Not a movie that I woke up today thinking about, which is an ultimate measure of a movie. Like for me, at least those movies where I wake up the next day or as soon as I finish the movie, I'm like, I want to rewatch this and this and this. Those are movies that really capture me. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm obsessed. Obviously, I'm obsessed if two hours later I'm searching up scenes and, like, looking up quotes and 
researching information about the movie. So it wasn't to that level. I enjoyed it. It was a good watch. Probably not a movie I'll ever watch again, honestly. Um, and here's why. Here's why. So, on one hand, I loved and absolutely resonated with and appreciate with and agree with, like, the message of the movie, the whole premise of the movie, like, it's not just what happens throughout the course of the movie, the mission that Robin Williams' character is on. I love it. Literally feels like it's just something that I also totally agree with. Like, it's just who I want to be at some point. You know what I'm saying? Like, when people listen to the podcast and I talk about serious shit like that, like how Robin Williams is like, the point of teaching is free thinking. Like, you want to be, Neil, you want to be an actor, then you must act. Like, that's how I want to be. Like, he's an inspiration to those kids in the movie inspiring people are the fucking best. That's what it's about. Like leaving your footprint behind, like all these musicians that I love too, like Russ, Big Sean, like part of their thing too, obviously they make great music and like do all these cool things for their communities, but they leave behind and instill like that mindset and the inspiration of, all right, shit. Like these guys did it in music. Why can't for me, like, why can't I do it podcasting? So I love, I love like the message and and the mission of Robin Williams. So that was that is why ultimately I enjoyed it is just because and I'm sure too like this movie was made over 30 years ago, which is fucking crazy to think about. Over 30 years ago. Insane. So you think about the the message they were sending and the point of the movie back then. Even more so, infinitely more so, I would assume kind of blackballed and and when people like in 1989 when it came out and parents took their kids to it and the whole message of the movie is oh just because your parents are saying you need to go to school and do this and that because that'll make you successful fuck that do what makes you happy think for yourself figure out what you like and dislike on your own live your life carpe diem like i would assume i feel like even now even today it's definitely become much more acceptable and and normalized I would say but even today to some extent especially like for me like where I grew up good high school good community all that shit everybody I've grown up with it's like yeah you go to college get the job you're secure and then boom that's it I can't even imagine 30 years ago the idea of being like hey mom hey dad um this extremely elite school I'm in that's going to get me into Harvard I'm actually not going to do that because I want to try being an actor or I want to try being a musician or I want to do comedy or whatever. So the fact that this came out 30 years ago, I can't even imagine how, I don't know if groundbreaking is the right word, but like, like feather ruffling, it must've been when parents go and the message is, Oh kids, just cause your parents say you need to do this, this and that and become a doctor. Like, fuck that. Do whatever you want. Seize the day, like live your life. Whatever that poem is, nine nine will all, all die, but nine will realize they never lived. Whatever that quote was, great fucking quote, great poem. Like, very true. Very true. So I I loved just the whole message of the movie. Still, like, like, something today where I think about that kind of shit every day where it's like, think about it. Like, you only live one time. Like, this is the corniest shit in the world, too. I'm fully aware. It's very corny. But I do believe it. Like, you only live one time. What's the point of... Oh, I don't care about doing this. I don't want to do this. I'm going to just do it anyway because they said or society says I should. And then I'm just dead. 
literally is that poem. I died and I never lived. Like, what the fuck is the point of that? What the hell is the point of that? You live one time, you're just going to, like, do what other people want you to do with your life? Especially if you have something deep down in your heart of hearts when you're, like, when you do it, you get fired up or you think you're good at it or it excites you and you just kind of push it and stuff it away because, oh, it's not the norm. Fuck that noise. Fuck that. So I love the message. The reason I will say I didn't love it where I was just like, yeah, it was pretty good. It was just a little boring for me. Little boring for me. That's all. And I don't have problem with I don't have problems with movies that are, you know, I don't need fucking explosions and gunfights and shit like that. I have no problem with a movie that's dialogue driven and is about the story and is about the message. Honestly, more I would say the majority of my favorite movies are more so like message and story based versus oh this crazy thing's happening and now that crazy thing's happening. It was just I don't know, a little boring to be honest with you. Like I don't know how what else to say. Like the first until it gets dark and twisted, until Neil R I fucking P hate to see it. That was sad. Until Neil kills himself after his dad says you won't be an actor, you're going to military school. Like, that's what? Maybe an hour and a half into the movie that happens? Maybe even later? Until that, that whole beginning sequence where they're just setting up how structured and preppy and just giving the whole vibe of, like, all these kids have their futures planned out. They've kind of never gotten to decide and never will get to decide what they want to do with themselves. And then they meet Robin Williams and they learn about the Dead Poet Society, which is essentially about free thinking, about living life to the fullest, about going after what you want. In that one kid's case, he even though that girl has a boyfriend, he wants her, he lives, he goes after her because fuck it, why not? He has nothing to lose. May it, better to try and fail than to have never tried at all. I'm pretty sure that's a poem. I just pulled that off the top of my head. Was it Robert Frost? That That's pretty impressive of me, like. I hope people are clapping at their desks right now. That's pretty impressive that I pulled that off. But, like, he goes after the girl. Neil's going to be an actor. Um, That one kid's, like, playing the sax, Charlie or whatever his name is. Like, these kids all kind of, for the first time, are open to the idea of, like, oh, maybe there is more than just my dad wants me to be a businessman. Maybe there is more than that. What a, like, I've never thought about, oh, maybe... I like doing something that isn't going to this prep school and then going to Harvard and then taking over my parents' company. Like, that whole area, that whole sequence, the beginning, the first two-thirds of the movie, I understand the importance. They obviously have to set the tone and show how structured and rigid these kids' lives are so you can get the, the contrast when Robin Williams introduces the Dead Poet Society and everything. Just a little long. Like, I could have done maybe it like 15, 20 minutes shorter and I could have done with it. I enjoy I enjoy the Robin Williams scenes too where it's like he's doing this outside of the box where they're like yelling the poem and then kicking the ball where he's just super abstract. Obviously, even me, like I never went to private school, but even in high school, if we had a teacher that did shit like that, everyone else, all the faculty would be like, "What the hell is this dude smoking? These guys are out kicking soccer balls and screaming poems. Like what kind of English teacher is that?" So I do love, like, those scenes are the best scenes of the movie, if you ask me, is just when Robin Williams is being himself and trying to get the kids to see, like, listen, 
there is a life that isn't just doing A, B, C, D, E, F. There is a life that's, oh, maybe I like this. Oh, I don't. Okay, well, let me go try this. Like, those are the best scenes. I think it just, it dragged on a bit. And then once Neil, you know, puts one through his brains, that's when it picks back up again. And these kids are like, some of them, the, the redhead kid turns on uh, Robin Williams and then the kids are torn. Like, do they want to get expelled or do they want to stick up for the guy who, the one guy, all this time they've been at this quote unquote life-changing school that's going to get them into these crazy colleges, that's going to get them these jobs. All this time they've been there. They, they've spent their education there. And yet for the first time, their lives are changed when they meet this abstract, outside-of-the-box, creative guy in Robin Williams, which is also really interesting. And I think, obviously ironic to a point, and kind of the irony in the movie. Like, the beautiful irony in the movie is, oh my God, you're at the best school in the world. You're going to go to the best college. Your parents sacrificed so much. Like You have the best life. Your life, A life-changing experience but their lives aren't changed and they don't feel like they've gotten the maximum out of it until they meet the one guy who's kind of going against that grain. The guy who encourages Neil to be in the play shit like that. I love, I love that aspect of it. And then obviously at the end when Robin Williams, the principal's being a dickhead to him, telling him to leave and they all stand up. Oh, captain, my captain. That's a great scene. That's a, that's monumental scene. Everyone too. I've seen. I like. I'm pretty sure I've seen that scene before. Or at least seen like screenshots of it. I'm familiar with that image of them all on the desk. I just never knew what it was from. Never taken part of it on my own. So that was fun to watch. Um, but yeah, just a little boring. Just a little bit boring. And again, old movie. Like thirty over thirty years. Long time ago to make a movie. So obviously, I'm probably used to. I'm more conditioned to a faster pace of movie, which I don't know. I don't know how much water that holds because the Godfathers are, are far older than Dead Poet Society and those are like my favorite movies. So I don't really know, I guess, apples to oranges, if that even, I don't know if that even makes sense, but just a little boring, but I did like it. Like the message, the message, the irony in it, the irony in like having your life set up and figured out, but you're not, like they aren't truly happy and aren't truly like, now I'm on my way. Now I've got it. I, I'm starting to have it figured out until they meet this guy that is like the opposite of the establishment. I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. And I think that's what makes the movie good. That's what makes the movie like, that's why people talk about Dead Poet Society is the whole message. It's a very like, uh, it's like an artist's movie. Like someone like me who I believe in that shit too, where it's like, dude, if you like, you might be have a 4.0 going through college and have a great job as an account lined up. But like, if you love being outdoors, like that's what fires you up. Fucking give it a shot. Like try to figure out a way, spend a couple years, like see if there's a way you can make that your life. You know what I'm saying? So I think it really caters to that type of person, which obviously I am. So that obviously going to resonate with me. couple things. Um, that school they go to like worst place in the world. I would fucking, I don't even know what I would do. Like I would, that's the worst place in the world. How did the parents ever sit in on a class? Have they ever talked to any of the faculty there? Like those people, 
outside of Robin, all the worst. Every single one. I was like, this guy sucks. Um, this guy sucks. He sucks for sure. This dude's the worst. The principal, that guy is the absolute worst. Like, place sticks. I wouldn't last a day there. So Godspeed to the kids. They made it that far. They were a few years in. Godspeed. That looked like the worst place in humanity. Another thing, I mentioned it a little bit. How did I not know that Oh Captain, My Captain was from that? Like, how do, I don't even know where I've... I, like, people just say it, I feel like, and I just never have known. How? That doesn't seem possible. That doesn't seem possible. Also, I did watch Top Gun recently. Another movie, they have... I knew they had, like, Talk to Me, Goose. Like, I knew that line, obviously. But, um, like, buzz the top. We're going to buzz the tower. And then uh, the Dennis Reynolds Always Sunny, like, sex weird scene where their tongues are, like, throat banging. <laughs> top Gun. Since when is that a Top Gun? And then what's the other one? Need for Speed? They say they have another line. I think, like, I have a need for speed. I think Goose says that. Like, I didn't know Top Gun's just got five different quotes you hear every single day. I knew that talk to me, Goose. Every There's like four other quotes where I'm like, what? These are all from Top Gun. We're not talking about Top Gun. But Dead Poets, similar thing. Like, how did I not know that? It's weird. It's weird when you do hear it, and then I'm like, that's... I've heard so many people say, oh, Captain, my Captain, my entire life, and I just, like, never fucking knew. That's weird. But I, oh, there was one more thing I was going to say, too. I can't remember, though. Can't remember. Overall, though, good movie. Good movie. Sad movie. Love the message. Oh, the poetry. That's the other thing. Poetry is dope. Poetry also just, like, supports the message of the movie where he's like, oh, I died and I had not lived. Like, cool. Carpe diem. I don't think that... Is that from... Like, just from Dead Poet Society? Obviously, it's Latin. It's a saying, seize the day. But is that, like, popularized by Dead Poets? Because if so... Another thing, I've heard Carpe Diem a billion times, never knew it was from that. That would be incredible. That would be incredible. Another thing, like, I love that. Carpe Diem, seize the day, brother. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Fucking rights. Good movie, though. Good movie. That's all I got. Um, we're getting we're getting a, le- a wee bit long. Spend, I need to talk about Rush Hour, though. I talk, So we watched Rush Hour. I watched Rush Hour, the entire trilogy, this past week. How are these movies not talked about more as, like, the greatest trilogy of all time? All right, Dark Knight. I'll give you Dark Knight. Is that it? What's Star Wars? Like, honestly, this probably won't go over well. Like, give me the Rush Hour trilogy over the Star Wars trilogy. Any of the trilogies of Star Wars. I guess Lord of the Rings. I would probably prefer... I like Lord of the Rings. I I like Lord of the Rings more than Star Wars, I would say. I guess Lord of the Rings, maybe. Like that... Okay, fair. Like Rush Hour might be three, though. I'm trying to think of other great trilogies. Like Godfather, I don't count as a trilogy because the third one is irrelevant. Like the Rush Hour movies, Rush Hour 1 and 2 are all-time movies. A, it's hilarious, the fact that they're made in the late 90s, early 2000s, and, like, the PC culture just doesn't exist. Fucking hilarious, the way they talk and, like, some of the shit they say. It's like, oh, my God. Like, Jackie Chan drops an N-bomb. It's like, that would never happen. Ever. That would never happen. 
if they made this movie today. It's crazy. Chris Tucker, all time. I know Friday's his breakout. Rush Hour, I think, is his peak. All time. Like, he's just running around in a fucking duster, driving a vintage Stingray, shooting guns across a crowded intersection at a guy who's got C4 in the back of his car. All time. All time. Also, the tandem. I never really appreciated how Jackie Chan, like, when you first, in Rush Hour 1, when you first meet the characters, Jackie Chan's chasing after someone, and they get away in a boat where it's just the bad guys in a boat, surrounded by water. So if he misses the car, if he misses, he's gonna either hit one of them, hit the boat, or hit water. Not really much of a risk factor, and he just doesn't shoot anyway. And then Chris Tucker, in the next scene, you're meeting Chris Tucker, and he's just shooting across an intersection, and then he busts the guy, and he hits like the break dance hilarious the the polarity of them too is so funny how jackie chan just like mr nice guy reserved cautious does the right thing and chris tucker's like i don't give a fuck caution into the wind we're getting the job done i love those movies also they're funny the jokes are great the action i mentioned it at the beginning jackie chan's nuts jackie chan's nuts the fact that he does those stunts is insane my like the best parts of the movies maybe not even when he beats people's asses, like, with his fist, but when he's, like, oh, he takes the roulette table and uses it as, as, uses it as a shield. Or he, like, picks a weird random object up with his legs and, like, blocks a throwing star. Like, the random in-set fighting he, where he just uses objects around him to fight. The choreography is unreal to watch. He's a fucking badass. It's crazy. Like, I would... Jackie Chan, I think, could kill anybody alive if he wanted to. If he's half as good as Inspector Lee is in Rush Hour. Also, Chris Tucker's funny how he just kind of... Jackie Chan's super calculated and just a freak at karate. And Chris Tucker's just like a brute and kind of lucks into things. But they both end up getting the job done always. I love... Like, again, like the polarity in them too. Just the difference, the difference in how they get the job done is so funny to me. But it works. And then Chris... Chris Tucker is just like, he's James Carter. He's in love with himself. He's in love. The one time he catches Lee gets away on the double decker and he catches him and he's like posing with his pistol out. (laughs) Like he just pulls, he just pistol whips people left and right. He just pulls out his pistol just left and right. He just pulls his gun out. Guys, it's so funny how careless he is. But those movies, why do they not get more love? Like why do they not get talked about more? I swear to God, those are just all timers. Like, in terms of, obviously, they're not all-timers. Is like, oh, such an impactful movie. Such, just a revelation of writing or acting. Obviously, they're not fucking one of those. It's not an Academy Award-type movie. But it's a movie where you sit down, you spend an hour and a half watching it, and after it's over, you're like, that was awesome. Few movies, very few movies are as much fun as the Rush Hour movies. Like, there's jokes, the action's cool, the plot... Like, the plots are kind of predictable, but what it's like, it's fucking Rush Hour, like, who cares kind of thing. It's... They're just... I don't know. And, like, James Carter, that he tries Chinese food and he loves it. Like, Inspector Lee, by the third one, he's ordering, like, fried chicken and shit. Like, it's just so funny. But the character... They hate each other at first and then they become boys... It's so great. I love it. I just love every second of it. I don't know how anybody could watch those and not come away being like, 
A, Chris Tucker, how is he not in more movies? And B, I love those. When I think of Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan's films, those are the first things I think of. But the Chris Tucker thing's crazy to me. Like how, I don't know, I've seen them, like I said, Friday was before those, Jackie Brown was before those. I don't think I've seen him in anything since the Rush Hours, and I don't get how that's possible. Like Rush Hour 1, I think 1 and 2 are by far better than 3. I still enjoy 3, though. But Rush Hour 1 is like his coming out party. He's a legendary character in that. Just everything about him, the way he acts, he's fucking breakdancing after sh- blowing up a car. Like, he's he's singing Michael Jackson because they're butchering a classic. Like, all these things. He's wearing a black duster and just, like, pistol-whipping people at the drop of a hat. He's an iconic character. He, Chris Tucker, too. Like, I can't imagine someone else doing that role. I can't imagine someone else being James Carter. And then he's just never to be heard from again. I don't get that. Like, I would love to know what exactly happened. Because obviously when these movies were getting made and coming out, I was like seven. So I would love to get, I would love to know, like, what happened to Chris Tucker? Like, why didn't, why, when Rush Hour 1 came out, how was every comedy, like, everyone making a comedy movie in the world not like, you know who'd be perfect for this? Chris Tucker. Like, how was he not just getting calls out the ass? As far as comedy action movies go, his character is one of my all-time favorites, if not my all-time favorite. And not to mention that dynamic duo. There's a lot of dynamic duos we've seen over the years. That might be my favorite dynamic duo all time. The Django dynamic duo. Now we can get into a, a lot of dynamic duos, but the Jackie Chan, Inspector Lee, James Carter, Chris Tucker duo might be my favorite all time. The chemistry, they're fucking hilarious the way they interact. They're both badasses in their own way. They're perfect. I love those movies. And word on the street, we are Googling it. They're talking about making a Rush Hour 4. We're obviously kind of infringing on that territory where it's like, you know, let it be, let it be in peace, like give it up kind of thing. But honestly, honestly, at the same time, like, they're gonna make if they're gonna get those two together again and make another rush hour, like fine. Why would I complain about that? If it's bad, I'll just block it out. Like, dude, what if it's good though? Like, what if it's funny? What if it's good? I listen, I don't care that it's 14 years after rush hour three. I don't care that they're probably old and wa- well, they are old, but I don't care that they're probably washed up. Now, I don't know how Jackie Chan's gonna do half the shit he was doing in those movies. But I'm not going to turn my nose up at two more hours of those two just running around causing havoc. That sounds like an absolute treat. Like, what did we, what did I deserve? What did I do to be so lucky to, to potentially get two more hours of rush hour? I would love to have two more hours of rush hour. Who wouldn't? All time trilogy. All time trilogy. Maybe third all time. I'd have to Google and just like pull up a page of every trilogy ever, but maybe third all time. Like, I fucking love those movies. They're so good. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. I mean, though, like, see, such a different movie than Dead Poets. Where Dead Poets, it's like, oh, that's meaningful. Oh, that's inspiring. Carpe diem. Live, like, live before you die kind of thing. Like, meaningful. Get off your ass. Change your life. Rush hours, like, maybe smoke a little weed and hang out for two hours and you're going to have a great time. Like, just very different. But... 
both great. Both Rush Hour's great. Dead Poet's good. A little boring for me. That's all. That's all I got today. That is all I got. Tomorrow, uh, so this one's going to be Tuesday. Tomorrow, Wednesday, state recap. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be positive. I'm going to talk about how this team isn't dead yet, how they've got fight left, gearing up for Michigan on Thursday. We'll do a little bit of a pre, pre-Michigan pre Thursday talk. And then, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll talk about that hangover a bit, just like how bad I felt. I don't really know. I don't know what else to talk about. Um, n- nothing Detroit sports-wise for me. Nothing Detroit sports-wise. Maybe I'll talk about Top Gun. I loved Top Gun, actually. Maybe I'll talk about Top Gun because I did thoroughly enjoy that. I don't know. But that's all I got today. As always, I appreciate everyone listening. You guys are the bomb and a half. You know where to find me. At Next Second String Twitter, at The Period, Second Period String on Instagram, the second string Detroit at gmail.com. Go green today, 2018, 19, 20 vibes only. Watch the rush hours. Watch Dead Poets. Appreciate you listening. We'll see you tomorrow.